This show was played live on Friday night. Now we are going to play the repeat of Friday Night Live. Please do not call or text to participate in the show. Any announcement made in the show may now not be applicable. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafi Shaban on Inspire FM, one of 5.1 FM. Or on uh, this this Friday, which is the 14th of, 14th of September, I believe. 14th of September 2018, corresponding to the 3rd of Muharram. 1440. So inshallah, welcome back to Friday Night Live. And welcome back with uh, me, Hafiz Shaban. Been away for the last couple of weeks on Hajj. Inshallah, pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us with the Hajj Mabru to all of those who went for Hajj. But good to be back in the Inspire FM studios once again, inshallah. And good to be back also in the Friday Night Live show, inshallah. As usual, broadcasting live to Luton 105.1 FM. Uh, Sheffield Link FM uh, 96.7, Peterborough Salam, and nationally, internationally via the Inspire FM app and also via live Facebook streaming, inshallah ta'ala. So wherever and when, wherever you're listening to us, inshallah ta'ala, welcome to Friday Night Live. Tune in and most importantly, join today's debate and discussion and get your voices heard, get your opinions across to our panellists, our, our guests and our listenership up and down the country. Your thoughts and your opinions as always do count. Uh, so do get in touch and don't remain silent. Don't remain as a critic, uh, uh, what, what do they call it? An armchair critic, right? Uh, get in, uh, listening, get your uh, uh, dial in, get your thoughts across, and get your opinions across, inshallah ta'ala, to our listenership and to our guests. As usual, uh, if you want to call into the studio, you need to know the number. It's 01582 481822. 481822. And if you prefer to SMS or WhatsApp, you need to know the number 0779481822. is the number for SMSs and for your WhatsApp messages, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, just a reminder, you're with me, Hafi Shaban on Friday Night Live, and I am your host this evening, inshallah ta'ala. We are going to be joined by Brother Zafar in the studio, who's going to be a co-presenter. So he's he's, uh, running a bit late, inshallah ta'ala. So he's going to be joining us in the studio in the next couple of uh, minutes. All right, so what have we got uh, and what are we going to be covering for you this evening, inshallah ta'ala? So we're going to be starting off with a... With the with the news from Syria, we're going to get an update on the siege of Idlib, right? So, the, uh, some tragic and um, uh, heartbreaking uh, stories are unfolding from Idlib uh, in terms of the siege of Idlib. Uh, U- UN officials are warning of the worst humanitarian disaster of, of the 21st century. I mean, it's incredible stuff. What's been written and what's been said with regards to Idlib. And it's even more incredible in terms of the inaction of the world, in terms of inaction of the world towards the this huge humanitarian disaster, which is on the on the build upon on the, on the verge of, of of a huge humanitarian crisis. But yet the world seems to be doing not much about it at all. So we're going to be getting an update on the siege of Idlib from uh, Syria itself. We're going to be hopefully, inshallah, ta'ala, speaking to Brother Abdul Karim, who's no stranger to the Syrian crisis, who's no, who's no stranger to the the, the news on the ground in Syria. He's been reporting from Syria for the last couple of years. So we're going to be hopefully 
we're speaking to your brother uh, Abdul Karim uh, from Syria. We're also going to be speaking with regards to the humanitarian situation on the ground. So we're going to be speaking to brother, uh, let me just get it here, Abdul Kader, inshallah ta'ala, who's here in the studio with me, inshallah ta'ala. We're going to be getting an update in terms of the humanitarian efforts that are going on on the ground in Idlib. So you need to tune into that, inshallah ta'ala, see what's happening, understand what's happening and also how you can help uh, the situation or you can help the, 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 the people of Syria, the people of Idlib, inshallah ta'ala, on the, on the ground. So that, that's very important for you to tune in and see how you can get involved. So that's going to be our main story that we're going to be covering, uh, inshallah ta'ala, from 6 to 6.30. Uh, we're going to be continuing and we're going to be discussing a couple of other stories. We're going to be discussing Muharram, Muharram, the new, you know, the new Islamic calendar, the new month, the first month of the Islamic calendar has started. Are you aware of the fact that it's a new year? The Islamic New Year has started. Uh, are you aware of the fact that it's 1440, right? Are you aware in terms of the significance of the month of Muharram? So we're going to be we're going to be delving into uh, Muharram. We're going to be delving into the significance of the month of of, of Muharram in terms of in particularly the Ashura, in terms of Musa Islam and uh, and some of the other significant events around Muharram. And we're going to be discussing about how can we raise more awareness with regards to Islamic history, Islamic dates, Islamic calendar inshallah ta'ala that's gonna be story two story three is an important one for all our fellow Lutonians and it may be affecting some of the other regions some of the other regions if not today maybe in the future and that's on this story of the bin collection right so the bin collection I don't know if you if you're aware and if you're not you're gonna be finding out very soon is apparently from October from October gonna be turning from the, the weekly collection to a fortnightly collection now, that's a bit of a controversial news, right? So, I mean, we're used to getting our bins collected every week. In fact, a lot of us need our bins collected every week because the amount of waste that we're producing in terms of some of our households, right? But it's going to be every two weeks, I believe, from October. Were you consulted? Because apparently... Lutonians were consulted before this decision was taken. So we're going to be speaking to Tom Shaw, who's a local councillor, and we're going to be finding out what's happening and why the bin collection is going to become a fortnightly event as opposed to a weekly event. What's driving that? Who was consulted and how was the decision taken? So if you're really passionate about your bins being collected every week, you need to call into the studio because you need to be speaking directly to the local councillor, Tom Shaw. So that's some of the new stories that we're going to be covering, inshallah ta'ala, in tonight's story. Uh, so inshallah ta'ala, you need to know the number 01582, 01582481822, 0779481822, inshallah ta'ala. So that's the lineup for this evening, inshallah, we're going to move on to directly to our first lead story. Our first lead story is, of course, with regards to what is being built up in uh, Idlib and what's been termed and what's been coined by the United Nations as one of the worst humanitarian disasters of the 21st century. Now, uh, we're going to be lining up Brother Abdul Karim, uh, hopefully shortly, inshallah, ta'ala, but in the studio, I don't have Brother Zafar with me, but I do have a uh, Brother Abdul Qadir with me. So let me introduce you to Brother Abdul Qadir. I think you're on studio, you're in mic four, inshallah. Salaam alaikum, brother Abdul Qadir. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Friday Night Live, and inshallah, jazakallah khair for joining us in the studio. 
You're welcome. Uh, now I understand, and I've been told that, of course, uh, if, 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 if I if I've been briefed correctly, CEO for is it Crisis Aid? Yes, Crisis and, Aid. And I'm, and I'm told that Crisis Aid have actually got a physical presence in Idlib at, at, at the moment. Yeah. Is that correct? We've got a presence in a number of different areas in right. inside Syria. Right. It's Idlib, the countryside of Idlib, yeah. the border of Turkey, Atma, yeah. Sarmada, Dana, right. and also in northern part of um, Idlib, uh, uh, northern part of Syria where. It's uh, Afi, Arfin, Gabbasin, mm-hmm. right. and so uh, Al-Bab. Okay. Yeah, we have workers on the ground right. there, and this right. is something we built up back right. in 2012 and 13, 14, 15, in yeah. those three, four years when we used to travel ourselves. Right, right. So, so of course, a number of years in terms of the effort, humanitarian effort that's been on the, on the ground. Well, what's, uh, just bring our, uh, you know, our listeners up to date, right? So, I mean, okay. Syria hasn't necessarily been in the news for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it's, it's not in the attention and, and the minds of, of uh, a lot of our listeners potentially. Right, of course, recently is now re emerging news about Idlib's coming mm. back, sh- sh- you know, slowly, right? But even then, it's not making headline news. Mm. But according to the U- U- United Nations, here it's uh, we're on the verge of the worst humanitarian disaster of the 21st yeah. century. What, what are you hearing yeah. from, from, from the ground? Yeah, I mean, um, on, on the ground, it's uh, very much echoing what you just uh, just said. Mm. Uh, that uh, I mean, Idlib, you've got to appreciate, this is made up of you know all the Sunni Muslims from up and down Syria. Yeah. And uh, you know, those that were driven out from Ghouta, mm. from Douma, mm. from and, and lots of other from even from Aleppo, from Halab, yeah. and uh, Homs, mm. all of them have been pushed into this Idlib with its already existing population as well, mm. and it's very very uh, overcrowded that, in that area as it is. And is, is this on the and back end of the other previous ceasefires that happened? That's uh, right. Where they made previous an sieges, point. Yeah, yeah, sieges and ceasefires, yeah. and they yeah. opened the road, Exit points, and they yeah. the mm. UN gave the transports from those localities for the civilian. Uh, to Idlib, so it was actually planned. It was it was with the approval of the UN that they all moved into Idlib. Now uh, it seems that the UN is unable to do anything now to stop this because uh, what's happening now is on the on the southern border of Idlib, which is the 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 northern part of Hama, because Hama is situated beneath Idlib. Mm. This region, this countryside region, now is constantly being bombed for the last week or so, or maybe more than a week, mm. and uh, and the hundreds and thousands of people who are living in those regions yeah. have now. Um, fled to uh, it not, they're not going to Idlib they're going through Idlib to northern side of Idlib yeah. or towards Atma towards uh, the, the the border of um, Turkey of Turkey mm. and uh, the, the, as for the people of Idlib themselves the news is, that's coming to me mm. is that they're, they're high in their morale and they, it's, for them it's their last stand and they're not going to mm. give up an inch of their land mm. um, they said this is all we've got left after this where are we going to go there's nothing mm. to, nothing we can do mm. um, so they're going to fight you know, for their lives, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what the saddest part of this whole thing mm-hmm. is, is that you know, no, nobody's able to you know prevent it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been efforts to stall it, and yeah. I can see that because this yeah. massacre was supposed yeah. to happen a week, two weeks ago, yeah. and it's been stalled for mm-hmm. whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Israel had bombed some areas, and mm-hmm. U- U.S. had bombed some areas mm-hmm. that put um, the regime Assad on his back heels for a little while, and mm-hmm. and so on. So on. And then there've been talks and peace talks with with Turkey and and Russia and and Assad. Um, so the, these sort of sort of um, movements have actually uh, delayed uh, the, the actual attack, that, yeah, the yeah. full full offensive on the ground. Mm. So though there's a lot of talk uh, on social media and from the UN and and news about mm. an, a ground offensive, a very huge ground offensive, our concern as humanitarians is if that happens, what is going to happen 
and who's going to be there to help the civilians, the yeah. women, the children, the hospitals, the medication, yeah. the food, the shelter, all the emergency need that needs that they need. Yeah. Who's going to be there to yeah, provide absolutely. for that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, we, we, Jazakallah, brother Abdul Khalid. We're going we're to come back come back to some of the points that you've made. We 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 have got, got Abdul Karim uh, live uh, on, on the phone. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, brother Abdul Karim. Jazakallah here for joining us on Friday Night Live. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and I want to thank you for having me and want to say salam to all the brothers and sisters there. Jazakallah. Brother Abdul Karim, give us the latest update from from where you are and the news that you're getting from in terms of Idlib. Well, the situation here remains pretty much as it was. Um, of course, everybody knows by now that there was a, uh, a United Nations Security Council meeting where most of the uh, uh, where the countries uh, decided. What should we say? How should we use this word? Um, uh, uh, agreed that there shouldn't be an attack on Idlib, but that act, but that means nothing. It's not binding anybody, and um, and everybody pretty much thought that it was a bad idea kill over half a million people already, and that didn't really carry any weight with anybody. Mm. So I don't want people to unduly think that that carries any real weight. Mm. As for what's here on the ground, artillery fire continues to fall, and um, falls on civilian areas just as it has been um, for a long time. So that hasn't stopped. uh, on the other side of the divide, um, rebel forces have, they've had, uh, there were demonstrations today where the people came together to show a lot, a lot, a lot of support for um, uh, uh, Mujahideen fighters um, because they realize that these are the people that are protecting them. And you also find that some of those who were um, are not a part of the fight um, are now trying to join the fight because they realize that there's no cavalry coming over the hill. Hello? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Brother Blakari, were you continuing or have we just lost you for a moment? Yes, uh, go ahead. Were you able to hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah we can hear you. Okay. Yes, go ahead, please. All right, Jazakallah. All right, and and in terms of at the at the moment, what is of course it was Juma today. I mean, in in terms of the the people themselves within Idlib, do they still have access to medication, food, or what? What are the conditions on the ground? Um, well, I mean, right now because offensive has begun, mm. um, or we shouldn't say that um, you know any major offensive has. So, yeah, uh, the people do have access to these items, um, you know, food and water and, and shelter. Um, even if it's just a tent uh, pitched in the middle of nowhere, uh, people do have access to that. Uh, medicine is available, um, yeah, of course, if you can afford it. Yeah. Uh, so these things are there. But um, if and when an offensive begins, where it begins, how it begins, yeah. how intense is it, all of these will play a, play a factor as to whether the common people have access to those things that you just made mention. It's mm. not a lock that everybody has access to those things. Mm. Um, and uh, th- th- that's a real concern. Now, a lot of people are talking a lot about the humanitarian effort, the humanitarian yeah. effort. There's a reality that we're going to have to look at here. 
we've been talking about the humanitarian effort since 2011. Mm. This is 2018. The Syrian people uh, are a little tired of hearing about the humanitarian effort as if is or should be the main effort. Mm. Because the reality is that if all of the blankets and flashlights and bandages and mobile hospitals on the planet are provided for them, that doesn't change their dynamic. Mm. Because more than a half million of them have been killed. That doesn't really move the ball in any direction where the millions of people who are living in uh, tents Mm. The size of 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 uh, of half or a quarter of the living room that most people around the world live in. Mm. They um, this is where people want to go home at some point. No. Um, they don't. Yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, Karim, I, I hear you. I mean, uh, the earlier point that, uh, you know, my guest in the studio, Abdul Karim, uh, Abdul Qadir, was, was mentioning is the fact that the whole world is actually looking at the moment. The United Nations is saying that is warning of an offensive. Everyone knows the offensive is going to take place. We, we don't know when. It's, it's been termed and coined as the worst humanitarian disaster potentially of the 21st century. But it seems that the world is incapable of doing anything about it. America is not showing any interest. There was the, the conference, the summit that took place between Iran, Turkey and, and Russia. And of course, Iran and, and Russia are, are not going to stop from from uh, from the, the the onslaught, right, from from the offensive. And Turkey wasn't able to do anything about it. So it seems that no one is able to, or at least the world is not prepared to do anything about it. Well, let's look at it. Uh, let's put a similar two forward. Mm. Let's say, for argument's sake, that um, there's a lady that uh, asks loose change out in uh, out in the street. But, uh, but everybody knows that her brother has plenty of money, her father has plenty of money, mm. and they uh, um, and the, the people around her all have plenty of resources. And then she comes to you, and they ask you for money, and she asks you for money. You're going to be looking at her skeptically, and you're going to be saying, well, why don't you go to your brother or your sister? That's a normal response, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, okay. I, I, I All right. So now let's look at our situation. If you want to look at Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, the Gulf countries, Mm -hmm. if you want to look at other militarily strong countries, you've got Pakistan, you've got other than that, and you don't find that anybody's really tripping over themselves Mm -hmm. to make it so that these people who have been living in tents freezing in, in the in the winter, burning up from the from in the summer, in a tent. And none of these people are lifting a finger to make sure that this dictator who's killed more than a half million people is put out of business. Mm. And then when we fast forward and we look at America Britain and yeah. places like that, of course, they're going to be sitting there saying, well, look, yeah, why don't yeah. you go get it from Saudi Arabia? No, 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 I, I think that what we have to do is, is that we have to focus more on ourselves. I, I, because I, if we don't do for ourselves, we won't have it. Uh, no, no, I, I hear you. I, I, I want to bring in uh, Brother Zafar, right? Bro, bro, sure. Brother Zafar is joining me in the studio. Assalamualaikum, Brother Zafar. Well, welcome. Uh, Jazakallah for joining us. Uh, now, Brother Zafar, obviously, Turkey's got a, 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 you know, a major presence, right? Mm. O, 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 in that region. Now, I'm hearing... 
and I was reading earlier that in fact 12 posts right military posts within Idlib right or within that region Turkey has presence right but Turkey is not going to be putting up any you know physical you know barrier to stop the the Russians or to stop the you know the Syrian regime you know uh, you know military forces from coming in and, and, and literally you know as it's been coined you know you know uh, allow the, the pro-Assad forces to, to carry out a human you know almost a, a slaughter of, of, of these people and, and civilians are going to be you know a major casualty I mean what is there that we can expect practically and realistically from, from Turkey right you mm. know all the other Muslim countries and you know what is the game that's been being played out there yeah I, I think well, I, I, no, they, they, that, that was for brother Zafar Abdul Karim. Okay, yeah, I, I think to be honest, there's there's obviously uh, bigger games at play here, and I put quote unquote games at play here. There's geopolitics happening, and there's lots of different interest groups, uh, and Turkey has been actually in some respects been forced on a back foot and aligned itself with the likes of Iran and and Russia, purely because of the geopolitics and what was happening with the Kurds, etc. So I think uh, you will see that, that Turkey will actually step up a little bit because Turkey will actually end up with a refugee crisis, a worse one than it has already if, mm. if it doesn't do anything about it. And I think already in the last conference that, that took place between Iran, Turkey and, and, uh, uh, and Russia, uh, Turkey did ask uh, basically f uh, for, for the bombing to be stopped and for the offensive to be stopped. But the thing is, um, you know, there, there was a little bit of a lull and everybody thought, well, okay, uh, Bashar al-Assad has got his little area, his enclave, mm. um, uh, and then, you know, the, the rest of the area, uh, the, the other groups can po possibly occupy and then you might get a situation where everyone is now uh, okay with the status quo, but mm. I think the the uh, it looks like Bashar al-Assad is still going out and then trying to sort of totally destroy and yeah. uh, the, the last vestiges of, of resistance to his yeah. his leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem, I think, like uh, Brother Abdul Karim has said, is the the problem is uh, the, the the problem is is that. Um, in the region, uh, uh, the, the likes of, of um, Saudi Arabia and Qatar and UAE supported their little groups. Uh, but unfortunately, they've run out of steam. They've actually got their own little fight in Yemen happening. And, and they're not capable of, mm. of trying to sort of, um, you know, try to engage uh, another front in a, in a big way. And I think that's what's actually happened. You've got mm. Russia and Iran who are 100% committed. But then you've got basically Saudi and the others, um, you know, uh, at the moment. I think on on the fence by looks of things. Yeah. So so do you think it's a, a, a bit too much to ask for Turkey in terms of military trying to prevent the you know this this tragedy from happening? Of, I, of course, I, in I terms of I, in terms of the refugees and, and and taking in people, Turkey's been doing that in the past, and it will have to do that again. It'll have to take in a, a greater amount under a number. But I think the point Abdul Karim is mentioning, uh, you know, and and Abdul Qadir brother Abdul Qadir mentioned it earlier, is the fact that the whole world's looking, you know, almost with with their well, hands the, the tied and not not doing about it, and, and Turkey's unable to do anything about it too well I, I think this is this is a war that that nobody wants to lose their sons and daughters in mm. right and, and that's the bottom line apart from the Syrians themselves and I think like brother Abdul Karim said you know it's it's the brothers and sisters who are likely to sort of come forward and assist mm. um, and if that doesn't can, can I, yeah yeah go, go can on, I jump on. in here yes 
Uh, I, I wanted to, to, to mention something. <clears throat> you see, this is where some of the problems are coming in. And I really applaud what you guys are doing, um, you know, the amazing job that you guys are doing for radio uh, that focuses on issues that are important to Muslims. Because here's, here's what's happening. What's happening now, if you'll look at the rhetoric which is being um, uh, stated, humanitarian disaster, humanitarian, and the word terror and terrorists were mentioned 30 times in the, uh, at the United Nations um, when the different countries were basically saying what they were saying. We need to separate the terrorists from the population. And fighting terrorism is an excuse for humanitarian disaster. And we've got to ask ourselves, wait a minute, when did the agenda all of a sudden turn to terrorism inside of Idlib? When did that happen? Okay. If we want to talk about terrorism and terrorists, okay, if the criterion of being a terrorist uh, has some connection to do with the amount of civilians that are killed, can anybody say that the groups that are here killed an infinitesimal microfraction of the civilians that were killed by Russia? Yeah. by Assad mm. or by Iran, by no calculation. I wouldn't care if it was Bashar al-Assad's mother's calculation, mm. that you could even make a comparison between the two. Mm. So why is it that each and every comparison made to, ter or, or I should say every reference to terrorists or terrorism, is only to refer to groups in and around Idlib? Mm. It's because... We, as Muslims, have allowed the narrative to be hijacked and to be turned into terrorism and things of this nature inside of Idlib as if they're doing the Syrian people a favor by, quote-unquote, going after terrorists. Yes. If you take the terrorist element out... I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. If you take the terrorist uh, quotation element out, then the European engagement in that becomes illegal because they're fighting a war against a state, a legal entity. Uh, by going after terrorists, that gives the smokescreen, I guess, to the to the, the, to the, to, to, to the world, to world to say, yeah, we, we're going to continue to be engaged in that, but we're fighting the right. terrorists. So that's what that is coming right, from, right, in my right, opinion. Folks, we're about to go into a commercial break. So, Abdul Karim, brother Abdul Karim, if you can just hang on for a couple of more minutes, inshallah, ta'ala, we're going to go into a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll, we'll continue this discussion if that's, if that's possible, inshallah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, I, I really, no appreci really appreciate bro uh, that, brother. Uh, okay, folks, uh, our listeners, we are. This is Friday Night Live, and we are discussing the situation in Syria. Hopefully, I want to also discuss the humanitarian element of it. And I've got brother Abdul Qadir in the studio from Crisis Aid. We are going into a commercial break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes when we will continue our discussion. Don't go away and get your views across to our guests. Inshallah, uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Until then, assalamualaikum warahmatullah. The number one radio station for Luton. This is Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, and brother Zafar here in the studio on the 14th of September. We have been discussing Syria, an update for all on Syria, and particularly the Idlib region of Syria, inshallah ta'ala. And we've been discussing with brother Abdul Karim uh, live uh, from Syria, inshallah ta'ala. And I don't want to uh, you know, make the brother uh, uh, keep continuing to hold any, any, any longer. I want to go back to the brother. Uh, Abdul Karim, brother, are you still? there 
Yes, yes, I'm here. Right, Jazakallah for your patience and uh, for holding for the last couple of minutes, inshallah. I want to go back into the discussion that we were having earlier with regards to uh, the circumstance and the situation that we're finding ourselves in Idlib and almost the impotency of the world to actually do anything about it. We've looked at some of the options that, that that should be available, but of course the geopolitics of the region is such that it seems every nation is, is busy with its own kind of uh, issues, right? So we've got the, the the humanitarian crisis building up. What is it that, you know, uh, you know the, us as a community here in the UK can actually do to assist our brothers and sisters, you know, in Idlib, in Syria? Of course, we're trying to raise awareness. You know, we're trying to see what we can do in terms of the humanitarian efforts. You know, do we need to put more pressure on the Muslim governments? Do we need to put more pressure on the, the Turkish government, the Saudis? What, what, what else is it that we can actually do? Well, uh, the first thing is that I don't think that the issue is that the um, you know the world doesn't want to act mm. because it's you know it's it's somewhat normal that uh, if for example if there was a problem that was going on in Tibet and I don't know a lot about the Tibetans um, you know unfortunately I haven't studied that part of the world and I could understand that they may be under some type of pressure but I don't know a lot about it but the people who are a part of the culture you would expect that there would be more of a response um, in the Muslim world if they were more responsive then it is not needed to have the entire world uh, to be able to come in to try to solve problems problems that everybody knows that we have now um, your question uh, is is a very very uh, profound one which is what can people back in the UK do well this is what I think that they can do and Allah knows best the first thing is that uh, pressure needs to be put on the the, the various governments and and it's got to happen from their citizens they got to do something to, to the governments that they mean business. And what I mean by that is that uh, there needs to be opposition groups that are saying, if you're not going to use our resources to help the people that need the help around the world and the type of help that they need, then we're going to protest. Um, we're going to sit in, in, uh, in town squares. Um, we're going to disrupt traffic. We're not going to allow that. Um, we're out building the largest golf courses, and, and we have the biggest Christmas trees uh, in, the Mus- uh, in the world, which takes place in, in the Muslim lands, which is Abu Dhabi, uh, the capital of the United Arab Emirates. And then when it comes to our brothers and sisters being killed, all of a sudden now the only thing that we can do is buy blankets and flashlights. So the first thing is that the people that, um, the, uh, in these different Muslim countries have got to show more, um, uh, uh, their protests have to pack more punch. That's the first thing. Mm. Um, and entail anything of blowing anything up or shooting anybody or anything along those lines. There are so many tools at the disposal of the people uh, that they could use. The second thing, and this is a very important thing, the people of the UK, I'm talking about the the Muslims in the UK in in general, uh, but the people in general, I'm talking about them specifically and the people in general. Listen, everybody, you cannot allow the the uh, the narrative to be hijacked 
Not a single person or entity or news media outlet has any word of praise for any of the opposition fighters or encouragement for them because everyone is afraid that they're going to be caught up in some type of terrorism thing or something like that. I have to ask the world, who do you think is keeping this army, which has killed more than a half million people, from killing the remaining five million people here in Idlib? They are the fighters that are here. And somehow they've gotten sidetracked, labeled as terrorists, and, uh, and, and you don't even hear anybody mentioning them. No. That's what I mean when I say that we have allowed mm. other people to dictate our agenda. Mm. Therefore, we cannot put forward the issues which are important and no. the issues which will move the ball in a meaningful direction right. for the Syrian people yeah. because we've allowed the entire agenda to be hijacked right. by other entities. I want to bring in uh, Brother Abdul Qadir uh, in, into the discussion too. Mm-hmm. The brother's been silent for, for a while. Uh, okay, I, I hear what Abdul Karim telling us that of course this, this pending humanitarian crisis is not the blankets that we need. We need a political solution. But at the, at the same time, we know there's a, 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 an impending humanitarian crisis about to break out, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reality. That's the facts on the ground. We know that the, the world community is not doing nothing about it, right? So we, we know that that's inevitable only. Right. Okay. We need to raise political awareness. We need to put pressure. Practically, what else does it mean for for the for the community of Luton or, or of the UK in terms of supporting or, or, or being able to help? Uh, you know this humanitarian crisis which is about to break out in, in uh, Italy. Uh, what I would like to to say is first uh, thank Abdul Hakim Abdul Karim for his work and efforts in inside Syria. We all follow his work. Alhamdulillah. Um, the the other thing is uh, on that second point he, which he mentioned about uh, trying to change the narrative that the mm. those who are fighting in Idlib are not terrorists. Mm. It's it's uh, difficult mm. for us in UK for a number of reasons, and one of the reasons he actually mentioned he touched on himself was um, the label of, of terrorism or extremism coming on to us for mm. doing that. Mm. But you know what we need uh, to to overcome that is knowledge of the different fighting factions who represents what because the the narrative from the from what we read here in in, in the media and and, and society is that all of them are just one group and that's it the hts and everyone's underneath them and and, and that's it um so the problem is it is is quite confusing too so so then that brings me now to Mm. nicely to the world to 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 my point is that we need to do what we can do Mm. And uh, what we and, and uh, 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 other than you know, the men, what Abdul Karim mentioned, there is the humanitarian side of, of work here as well, mm. and this is what we're, we're which I specialize in, and that's what I do. Yeah. And uh, indeed, there's a lot we can do there, mm. and uh, it, it, there's people living in tents. And he, as Abdul Karim mentioned himself, that uh, in the winter is extreme cold, so blankets will do there. Mm. Um, you know, in, in, in the summer it's really hot. Um, you know, water, yeah. medicine, food, mm. bl- you know, whatever the people can give, yeah. they should give. Yeah. Now, in terms of in Luton here, we've sent over, I think over 150 containers of aid yeah. from Luton. And from outside of Luton, nationally, I think containers of aid have gone over, over to 200 
or so. Um, was Crisis Aid also involved in this ambulance? Uh, yeah, we, we uh, sent recently back yeah? in the days we yeah. sent ambulances, yeah, yeah, yeah. we drove ambulances mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. but there's been a stop to that now anyway. Right. But um, in, uh, what I what I would like to encourage the listeners mm-hmm. to do, in addition to what uh, Karim is mentioning, mm-hmm. is to dig deep in their pockets, mm. you know, look at the situation because if the ground offensive does take off mm. and you get three million, four million people fleeing to the different parts of the western border of, of, mm. uh, of, of Syria, then it's going to be a catastrophe there. Mm. So we want to be prepared. We've got people dotted all over these regions and we've got offices, we've got warehouses there and uh, they're being stocked at, as we speak. Mm. So, inshallah, if something does break out, we're able to help ma- maximum number of people. Mm. Um, so, this is what we're, 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 we're being proactive mm. and we're, we're preparing for that. Mm. And if that doesn't happen, then alhamdulillah, we'll be very grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if that didn't happen. Mm. And then we can give that aid to the people anyway. Yeah. Because winter's coming up and they're yeah. going to be in need anyway. So, in terms of you know humanitarian help, I think that shouldn't be. Um, overlooked and uh, and there still is a need and we yeah. should put some effort into that. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Were we going to speak to someone di- directly? Uh, yeah, we've we been able to get through to. Um, I'm being, I'm going to try and get out of Abdul. Right. one of my workers over there. Right. All right, uh, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll continue with those efforts. Uh, let me go back to Abdul, uh, Brother Abdul Karim. Uh, brother, brother Abdul Karim, just just want to get some final thoughts from you. Uh, mashallah, you know, you you have been there for a number of years, almost I think five six years. And and, and Brother Abdul Qadir earlier, you just recognised, you know, Subhanallah, you know, your efforts, you know, to to really keep us up to date, to keep that journalism live, to keep a you know a kind of a, you know, a, a neutral perspective on things in terms of what's been happening on the ground. It, it must have been very difficult, Subhanallah. I don't ask you. How you how you manage to, to to continue to do that right with with all of those challenges? But but Subhanallah, just just give us a, a, a quick you know final few um, and maybe a notes before before we we finish discussing with yourself. But Abdul Karim, are you still there? All right, it seems that we have lost uh, Brother Abdul Karim, even though it actually tells me that you are on air. Uh, but anyway, okay, so that was uh, Brother Abdul Karim. We'll try to see if we can go back with uh, some concluding comments from uh, Brother Abdul Karim. Uh, let me let me bring in uh, Brother Brother Zafar into into the discussion, inshallah. Uh, brother Zafar, your some of your final thoughts, inshallah, with regards to Idlib impending crisis. Oh, we, we've got. Okay, let, let me in fact go back to uh, Brother Abdul Qadir. Uh, okay, Brother Abdul Qadir, you, you, you're live. Uh, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. So I've got uh, Abu Abdu, who's one of our workers for Crisis Aid, right. and he's working. He is in the Tarmani area, which is the um, the countryside of uh, of of Aleppo, right. around that region, and yeah. and north of uh, okay. Idlib. Yeah. And he frequently goes to and fro to Idlib. So um, I'll ask him what the situation is there, yeah, and yeah, perhaps yeah. he can give us some some uh, yeah, yeah. some uh, some on the ground news from yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Abu Abdu, intamai. طيب أخي من فضلك لو تبين لنا والمستمعين عن حالة الأخوة والأخوات واللاجئين هناك أولا أعطينا الصورة عامة من فضلك أولا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته للأخوة المستمعين والفريق كرايسيس إز خصوصا هو الذي يقوم بدعم اللاجئين والنازحين هنا في الشمال السوري بشكل كبير جدا طيب. Uh, so I asked him to give us some uh, a, a general view of what's happening in, in, in Idlib and, and, and given this, the current circumstances. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, first and foremost, he'd like to thank all the listeners to, for listening to him. And he wanted to thank Crisis Aid as well. He's saying, he's saying that uh, we're working quite actively in these regions. Yeah. Now, Makhi, tafadal. 
تمام اولا شيخ يعني كما تعلمون وما كما يعرف اصبح العالم باجمعه يعرف ما الذي يحصل باذن الان يعني النظام والروس والايرانيين يقومون بحشد الالاف من الجنود والدبابات من اجل مهاجمه ادلب طيب so it's, an, it's not unknown to uh, to the people everybody knows what's happening has heard what's happening but what we're seeing on the ground is exactly what you what, what, what you're seeing is you know hundreds and thousands of troops tanks mm. you know warships planes bombs everything is it, it's all accumulating around us mm. Mm. وشيخ بدأوا النظام بدأ بقصف الآن الأماكن القريبة على مناطقه يعني ريف إدلب الجنوبي بدأ بالقصف عليه وأيضا بدأ بالقصف على مناطق ريف حماة أيضا وبدأ في هذه الحالة شيخ يعني كثير جدا أصبحت العائلات والأطفال والشيوخ يذهبون باتجاه الشمال السوري على الحدود مع تركيا. طيب. So you said that uh, the the regime, the Assad regime and Russia have begun their attacks and bombing uh, stream in the southern part of um, Idlib and also in the northern part of Hama. And you know thousands or huge numbers of uh, men, women and children have left these regions and they've head towards the Turkish border. نعم أخي. نعم وأيضا شيخ يعني هذه العائلات التي خرجت من بيوتها يعني أتت إلى هنا من غير الملابس وأتت من غير يعني لم يستطيعوا أن يأخذوا أي شيء من أساس المنازل معهم إلى هذه المناطق يعني أتوا فقط بملابسهم شيء طيب and he's saying that, uh, that a lot of these families huge numbers of these families actually just left their their, their, their lands with whatever they could carry themselves with and just come there so just whatever some in some cases just their clothes on their backs mm. so they're in desperate need mm. <laughs> وأيضا شيخ يعني الآن على الوضع على الحدود السورية التركية يعني بدأت العالم تأتي إلى المخيمات وتأتي إلى القرى وشيخ يعني هم الآن في حالة جدا جدا صعبة شيخ يعني هم الآن بحاجة إلى إلى الغذاء بحاجة إلى الماء بحاجة إلى خبز بحاجة إلى أيضا نحن قادمون على فصل الشتاء هم بحاجة إلى الديزل وإلى المساعدات من أجل فصل الشتاء. So he's saying that so these you know huge numbers of of people that have come to this Turkish border in the camps and they're in great need of food clothes blankets then in, in and he said because of the winter is approaching now there's going to be a desperate need for diesel and diesel heaters to keep them warm and so on and so forth mm-hmm. وأيضا شيخ يعني العالم كله يعرف بأن فصل الشتاء هو فصل البرد شيخ يعني هنا يكون البرد قارس جدا جدا يعني لو يتخيلوا المستمعين أنهم هم وأطفالهم داخل هذه الخيمة وفي الخارج المطر والسلوج والبرد يعني كل العالم بحاجة إلى التدفئة شيخ في فصل الشتاء لأنه يكون صعب جدا جدا وخاصة هناك الأطفال الصغار شيخ لا يستطيعون تحمل البرد نعم so he's saying that, you know, I want you, the listeners, to just to imagine living in these tents in the winter. He said the whole, all, every single person living in the tent needs diesel, needs firewood, needs, uh, you know, uh, some form of, of warmth. And he said, imagine, you know, the cold and the, fr- the freezing cold. It actually snows there and outside it's raining. And he said, that especially the children, they find it very difficult to, you know, to, 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 to forbear this, this winter. Yeah. It's very difficult. So they are in desperate need. Right, so let's get a final message from the Prophet. Uh, 
يعني انا باسمي اتحدث عن هؤلاء لان نحن كرايسيس اير دون الشيخ يعني نذهب اليهم ونسالهم ماذا يحتاجون يعني انا باسمي بتكلم وهم هذا مطلب الجميع النازحين هنا هم يتمنون المساعده منكم والدعم منكم في هذه الايام المقبله وجزاكم الله كل خير شكرا جزيلا بارك الله فيك ان شاء الله اتكلم معك بعد ان شاء الله شكرا اخي الله يحفظك ان شاء الله الله يسلمك عليكم. السلام عليكم وعليكم السلام So his last words were, that, you know, um, we as representatives of Crisis Aid, our team Crisis Aid, we're going out to lots of these tents and we're asking these people, you know, what do you need, what's your situation, etc. And we see with our own eyes as well, mm. it's, it's a massive need, huge need. Mm. And, you know, please help, you know, this winter as much as you can. All right. Jazakallah. That's fantastic. That that brings the discussion on Syria and Idlib to an end. That, that was quite emotional in terms of hearing directly from uh, around the areas of Idlib, Halab, you know, the north of Syria, in terms of what, what is the situation on the ground, what is happening, what is about to happen. Uh, I, I think that's resonated with a lot of our, uh, you know, our, our community and, you know, up and down the, the country, inshallah, as we can see here, the weather getting colder, imagine out there in Syria, and it does get very cold, let me assure you. So, inshallah, if you want to help, you, you, you've heard various different ways that you can actually help by getting involved uh, and actually you know getting in touch with crisis aid inshallah that's one of the ways of helping so do actually reach out uh, to the brothers from crisis aid and, and support them as 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 much as you can inshallah all right listeners we are going to move on inshallah to our next topic our next topic was uh, or is uh, the topic of muharram and we have uh, sheikh suleiman ghani who's been very patiently waiting on the line inshallah so i'm going to go to suleiman ghani but before i do that i'm going to say jazakallah to brother abdul qadir inshallah for your patience for coming into the studio and also for connecting us with the brothers in 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 syria live inshallah and firstly let me apologize for making you wait for the last couple of minutes whilst we've been trying to get this update from syria with regards to the situation in idlib assalamualaikum and welcome to friday night live once again sheikh Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Jazakallah khairan for giving me opportunity to be on your wonderful radio, Inspire Radio. And just before we introduce, I was hoping if you could just allow me just to very quickly ask your view, listeners to make a special dua for my cousin Sikandar Abu Bakr who passed away and his janazah was there in Middlesbrough. I'm right now in Middlesbrough and we offer the, the salah and burial today make dua allah ta'ala grant him maghfirah inshallah, inshallah inshallah all all of our uh, all, all of our deceased inshallah ta'ala. Uh, definitely we will remember him in your du'as brother uh, sheikh uh, Salman Ghani, we, we only have about seven minutes uh, but we were really wanted to cover this topic of muharram you know a lot of our listeners sometimes are not even aware that it's actually a new islamic year new islamic calendar 1440 has indeed started uh, even the month of muharram uh, sometimes there's a bit of confusion in terms of the significance of the of the month and in particular ashura you know has great significance in islam we know even before the uh, the prophet sallallahu came to medina the people were fasting in terms of the jewish community and the prophet sallallahu also encouraged the muslims to fast because of the, our right over musa islam why don't you give us a quick you know five minute reminder in terms of the significance of the month of muharram ashura uh, and you know and, and the, the merits of fasting in in, in this month too inshallah Yes, and most importantly, if we are following the 
crescent sighting and visibility, then we need to be very clear that the Ashura tent of Muharram this year coincides with 20th of September, the Thursday, and to get the benefit of expiation of one year's of previous sins, we need to fast the Wednesday, 19th September, and 20th September. That gives us the two days, or the 11th of I mean the the 11th of uh, Muharram. So Ashura tent of Muharram, as you rightly pointed out, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to Medina. The Jews were keeping the fast. On inquiry, why were they fasting? This was the day that Allah Ta'ala saved Musa from Fir'aun and his army. Musa Ali Salam kept fast. Shukran lillah. So that is the most important point to really draw attention to the people that we need to lay great emphasis on why do we keep the fast after the hijrah and migration of the Prophet ﷺ from Makkah to Medina. Mm. So we have to connect them with the life of Musa salam, And it is one of the merits of Hussein anhu that Allah Ta'ala chose for him to be martyred on a day that was already sanctified 50 years late after the demise of the Prophet ﷺ. Mm. So therefore, month of Muharram, Abdul Siyam, the Ramadan, Shahrullah al-Muharram is the month of Allah, which is Muharram. Mm. Muharram falls under the sanctified months, like the Qa'dah, the Hijjah, Muharram, three are consecutive, and the month of Rajab. Mm. So why do we find that this month, this new Islamic year, 1440, is so important, so significant? It means it is a time where we should make istighfar, because we were not able to do justice in the previous year, as our purpose of life means preparing for the year after. Mm. We don't even have guarantee that we're going to live to see the completion of this year. So therefore, just like how first of Muharram, Amir al-Mu'minin Umar ibn Khattab was martyred, how could we say, you know, you know, when we're thinking about Happy New Year, it doesn't make sense because right yes. now we had a discussion about what's happening in Syria, what's yeah. happening in Yemen, in Palestine. Mm. So the Ummah really is in a serious crisis. Mm. How can we, inshallah, improve in our life? And how we can have more concern and worry and thank Almighty Allah Ta'ala for all of the blessings and na'mah that He has given us. Hmm. Musa Alayhi can fast shukran lillah. So we follow emulate the sunnah of the Prophet on keeping fast on Ashura, which is the tent of Muharram. Hmm. And that is really the main point we would like to draw people's attention to. Jazakallah, yeah. Sheikh, for that. So you said it was next Wednesday and Thursday, right? That Those are the days for, for fasting. Yes, you see, and it's really, really crucial that there has to be consistency in our declaration of every Islamic month because we cannot on one month just follow a calculation and one month we follow a sighting. If we start the month of Muharram with the credible right sighting, mm. you know, as we have moonsighting.org.uk and we have yes. Wifaq Ulama giving us this information yes. because we know ibadah has to be in this time where there is no doubt, there has to be accuracy, there has to be certainty. So Thursday, 20th of September, that is the main day to keep the fast, Ashura. Rasulullah sallallahu also said that they oppose the ways of the Jews. They only fast on the tent of Muharram. So he sallallahu said, if I live to see the next year, I will fast the 9th of Muharram. Mm. So we fast 9th and 10th, which is Wednesday and Thursday, 19th September and 20th September. Yes. And even better if we can keep Wednesday, Thursday, 20th September and 21st of September. And uh, yes, indeed, if you want to keep all three days more barakah, but may Allah Ta'ala make it easy that we ensure that we, on that uh, Yom Asura, we don't lose this opportunity of fasting to expiate one year of previous sins, so we make Allah Ta'ala accept.
Jazakallah, Sheikh Suleiman Ghani, uh, for, for joining us for your, for your time. I would have loved to actually speak to you a bit more about the Hijra and, and the Islamic New Year, but to be honest with you, we're about to go into a commercial break and we overran on our previous discussion on, on Syria. But inshallah, we will speak to you again and I'm sure we can have those conversations later. And we also make dua for our deceased ones and, and, and also your deceased member of family in, in, in Middlesbrough, inshallah. Jazakallah, Sheikh. Jazakallah, Khairan, and you really inspire us. Jazakallah, Sheikh. Right, listeners, that was Sheikh Suleiman Ghani, always been very generous, mashallah, in his words and, and in his praise. And always, mashallah, I always find with Sheikh Suleiman Ghani, whenever we call him, I, I think he's always available to speak to us, mashallah. A lot of other brothers are always very busy, and I, t- and I, I can rest, you know, rest assured, Sheikh Suleiman, mashallah, is also, also very busy, but somehow he manages to squeeze in you know, time for us at Inspire. I think it's the love, inshallah, and, and that relationship we have with with the, with the Sheikh Mashallah. Sure. Anyway, uh, listeners, uh, you are with me, Hafiz Shaban and Brother Zafar on uh, Friday Night Live and we've been discussing, of course, uh, Syria, Idlib, uh, an update on, on the crisis there and we were discussing very briefly with Sheikh Suleiman uh, the significance of the month of Muharram and the Ashura and the fast of Ashura. Very important that we fast next Wednesday and Thursday as the Sheikh was telling us earlier. We are going to be discussing a very important topic in the next half of the show, Bin Collection. Every other week or every week, inshallah, that's going to be this topic of discussion. I'm sure you've got a view on that. Do let us know your thoughts. We're going to come back in a couple of minutes when we will hopefully be discussing with Tom Shaw, local councillor in the studio. Your questions to Zoom directly next. Inspire FM. Welcome back to Friday Night Live with me, Hafiz Shaban, on this Friday afternoon, so evening on the 14th of September, corresponding to the 3rd of Muharram 1440. As usual, broadcasting to inspire one of 5.1 FM, Sheffield, Peterborough, Salam, and nationally, internationally via the Inspire FM app, and also live Facebook streaming. Uh, most importantly, join in today's debate and discussion 0158248. One eight double two to speak to us here in the studio, and I've got a feeling we may be getting a few calls to discuss and get your views on the next topic we're going to be discussing. And if you want to WhatsApp or SMS us zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two. I've also got Brother Zuffer in the studio with me, co-presenting Brother Zuffer. You've had a bit of a uh, relaxed first hour. I'm hoping that you're going to be a lot more active in this uh, second uh, second uh, hour. I'm only here as a sideshow, yeah. So uh, you carry no, no, on. You I'm, carry I'm, on. I'm not going to allow you to. If you, if you, if you dry up, right, just call on me. But just carry uh, on. <laughs> no, 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 we, we, we can't allow that, inshallah. But anyway, a first hour of the show, we were discussing Syria, and as Brother Zafar said, we had plenty of guests, so he was taking a, a side. A, a side a, he was just sitting on the sidelines whilst we were discussing with the with the other guests that we had from Syria, a couple of guests from Syria, and also we had Brother Abdul Fadi in the studio, inshallah. Ta'ala. Uh, second hour of the show. Now we're moving on to a, a more of a, a local story uh, that's been making headlines and also has been causing up a lot of uh, controversy. If, if I can use that word uh, locally amongst a lot of the residents and, and at least it's taken me by surprise quite a lot personally and it's also going to be impacting me as an individual me as a, as, as, as a family uh, and that is the question of waste and our spin collections right so we're all used to our weekly collections where every Thursday or Wednesday or whatever the day of the week it may be for your local area the bins are collected every week but 
things are about to change. It's about to become every two weeks. And I, and I believe that that's what's been decided now. And that's what's going to be happening uh, very soon, I believe, from October, where the dustbin collection will actually be every two weeks and not every other week. Right. So that, like, like I said, there, there is a bit of a I believe there was a local meeting that was taking place a couple of days ago where, you know, people were venting their frustration. People were actually raising questions with regards to lack of kind of consultation before such a decision has been made. And, and and the question is, has this been a unilateral decision? What's prompted this decision? Or has there, has there been a genuine consultation with the local community? So those are the kind of questions that are out there. And we're hopefully, hopefully, hoping that some of our guests, or some of our listeners will actually be calling into the studio today, raising those questions. And if you want to raise those questions, it's a, there's no better time than now where we, when we've got actually Tom Shaw, a local councillor here in the studio. And I've also got another guest in the studio. And I haven't been told the name of the guest hopefully we're going to we're going to get you introduced and you can you can give me your guest uh, your name in, in a minute inshallah but before that let me welcome uh, tom shaw local councillor to inspire fm on friday night live welcome oh, very, very, very good and we've also got uh, i've got a guest on mike five brother you'll have to tell me your name my name's maxud ah brother maxud i've seen you before but i uh, just don't know your, uh, your name so brother bro- brother maxud also in the studio to help uh, to help us navigate through this discussion uh, i want I want to go straight to to Tom. Firstly, has this been a unilateral decision taken by the by the council, or is there no. been a, a genuine consultation here? A genuine consultation. It's been going on eighteen months now. Consultation. <coughs> Everything. The discussions on it. The consultation took place over an eight-week period. So wh- wh- why why don't I know anything about this thing? Uh, I'm surprised because the web page. You got the wagons driving round. Yeah. People had stickers on the bins. It's like everything. It's strangely enough. For this this type of consultation, yeah. you'd expect probably a thousand, two thousand replies. Yeah, uh, this one has grabbed people's imagination. Let's put it that way, because we had five thousand replies on it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, which is very, very good for this type of consultation. Right. Uh, yeah. The reasons behind, it, if you want to, you know, know the reasons is very, very simply, it's down to money. It's down to money. That's what it's down to. Well, people are not paying the council tax. No, no, no. People pay the council tax. But what's happened is over the years, yeah. the council's grants have been cut by over £102 million now. Right. And we've still got £11 million to find next year. Right. Uh, and what we're doing, the government put up the landfill tax, it's called, last year. Yeah. So every tonne of rubbish we take to the tip yeah. costs the council £87. Mm. And you think they're spending just over £11 million a year just burying stuff in the ground. Mm. Food waste alone is three and a half million pound a year we're just burying in the ground. Right. If the council wants to spend more money on education, you've got to make the cut somewhere. But, but just say, Tom, if, if I may interject, right, I, 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 get, I get the logic, I, I get the, 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 uh, the, the rationale behind it in terms of food waste and, and, and recycling and all, all of those good things, which, which is great, right? But but why do we need to re- reduce the, the the bin collection from you know from a weekly practice to to a fortnight? Because put- we want to encourage more recycling and and you know more awareness with regards to exactly you know, we're putting waste. we're putting a lot of money and a lot of effort yeah. into educating people yeah. about recycling. Every right. house in Luton in the last couple of days yeah. has had a new recycling booklet. Right. If we don't take the stuff to the tip and yeah. recycle it, yeah. we're saving thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Mm. We can spend it on other stuff. Mm. 
at the moment, we're having to cut everything. So we've still got £11 million to find next year, mm. even with what we've done. Yeah. But what we need to do is... I'm, I probably regret saying this, we're giving up on the adults. And if uh, any schools in the town now mm. are vastly, very, very greatly involved in the new recycling projects yeah. we're doing, yeah. we're giving awards to school, and hopefully the children will go home and educate the parents a little bit. No. Yeah, so no, I, th- no, I, I think I think no. there's, there's a little bit of a, a bit of confusion here. Mm. Um, so we've we we have our recycling scheme already. Yeah. We, we do have the green bins and the brown bins to separate out sort of um, you know the the garden waste and recyclables. Mm. Uh, and what you're what you're suggesting now is is that um, by collecting them fewer times no the people will will recycle more your, your black your black bin will be collected fewer times your recycling bin will stay at once a fortnight right. but on top of that we're putting an extra four thousand bottle uh boxes somewhere that the logic doesn't quite fit because the logic is people don't recycle they have the bins but, yeah but the fact that you're, you're, you're turning yeah. the, the bin collection to, to, to every two weeks doesn't mean that people are going to automatically start but, recycling but more right we're not just doing that we're doing a big education process with it as well mm. and the idea is instead of just throwing everything in your black bin and forgetting about it that'd be overflowing mm. you do the recycling mm. we're only recycling it's something like 35 percent right now to I save money we need to recycle at 50 percent so I, I think my household are very particular about recycling and recycle quite meticulously mm. right but we do have a, a, a large household and that means that that our waste is just going to overflow Right. No, so unless, it, does, it doesn't. Let, let, let's, yeah. let's, let's dissect some of this you know, rationale slowly, right? But let me bring in Brother Maksud here right, in, into the discussion. Brother Maksud, give me, give me your background, your context. Where, where are you coming from? I'm coming from Medina Mosque. Right. Uh, okay. Again, you know, I work in the community as well. And we've been cleaning up, and I think we yeah. were here last yeah, week, yeah. Uh, a few weeks before, you know, yeah. that we've been cleaning between the church and the Medina right, Mosque. Right, we've been right. cleaning up the yeah. streets. Yeah. And to be honest with you, Tom says the, the consultation was made, mm. and every bin was there was a what you call sticker put onto the bins. I have not seen any sticker. I haven't seen any. You know, and I've I've talked to all my road. I've talked to all, all the people in our mosque. About one thousand people turn up on Juma prayer. Uh. Not one of them seems to have what you could have seen this consultation sort of thing, uh. and which has just been filled up. And then five thousand people have what you could fill in the forms. Right. And we've got fifty-one percent online. Some of them. As okay, fifty-one well. percent yeah. have yeah. said yes, and forty-nine percent have uh, said uh, no. Of the five thousand. Of the five thousand. How many residents do we have in Newton? Ah, two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty thousand. Two fifty. Two hundred fifty thousand. So out of the two hundred. No, in the, in the, that, that's a, that's an unfair question because right. it'd be done on the number of properties, not individual properties. people. Okay, okay, fair. But you got seventy six thousand. Okay. Seventy six thousand. Yeah. So we've got seventy six thousand properties. Out of that five thousand people have responded, hmm. and out of those, according to the website, about fifty percent said yes. Fifty-one percent, yes, but the forty-nine so percent very... didn't say no. Mm. All of them, because mm. what some of them was concerned about the uh, brown bin, what you just talked yeah, about. Yeah. So we're putting extra brown bins out. No, that, 4, that's fine. Let me go back to Brother, yeah. brother Muxy. Let, let, let's finish, <coughs> let, you, let you finish off first. What you're saying? Well, this is, you know, uh, again, I don't think we've been consulted. Mm. Again, you know, I understand we need to what you call it cut down waste. You mm. know, and I think. I've, we had a meeting with Tom uh, in Berry Park Community Centre uh, hmm? yesterday, was it? Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, sorry. Oh, okay. yeah, on Wednesday. And we suggested that, you know, as a community, we were even prepared to, what you call it, you know, 
see our council tax go up by a pound or two pounds. You know, this is all the money that we save saving. £400,000 at the end of the day. I'm already paying a lot of money. No, I'm not, I'm not paying another pound. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want a bigger bin. Uh, right? uh, gonna, I mean, it makes sense. You're going to get a bigger bin. Uh, I'll explain that. But right. again, bigger bins, not all bigger, you know, I've got a bigger bin already. Right. Yeah, and that is always almost full up. And yeah, we yeah. recycle a lot, yeah? yeah. And again, the bin is already full up. And if you go down the roads, honestly, you go down when the day of what you call rubbish collection is, you see well, the bins are so much full up, yeah, yeah, half the rubbish ends up on the roads. Yeah? Right. So again, they need to be cleaned up. And just yeah. imagine this is going to happen yeah, after yeah. two Ab weeks. Absolutely. And people are going to be putting into bags. You're going to get rats. You're yeah. going to get flies. So much more, what you call it. You, you know, saving this that you're going to be making. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be what you call spending, cleaning up right. after. So, so lack of consultation is, is one point. Now the second point, right, mm -hmm. which is collecting every fortnight. I mean, yeah, either you force people down this route of actually thinking more, right? in terms of recycling or you actually force people in, in in the opposite direction which is I need to get rid of this waste how do I get rid of it they just go and dump it somewhere else right or what happens is that the waste just builds up because what brother Maksud is saying I mean I know a lot of households my household I know we have a lot of waste we, we do try to actively right recycle as much as we can but I know we're producing a, a lot of waste and and, and almost I'm, I'm being forced to now consider um, how am I going to get rid of this extra waste then if, if I've genuinely got extra waste that I need to right. you, you, you uh, had, you had what do I do uh, you, uh, go sorry. Yeah, sorry. so, so you, you've got a precedence there right because uh, the council used to collect large rubbish like mattresses and mm. stuff uh, for free Mm. Right, you made an appointment and they collected for free, mm. uh, and then they started charging twenty-five quid for uh, for them. Right, mm. and you saw, you know, the town was just full of mattresses, and it still is full of mattresses, mattresses, fridges dumped on the street. Yeah, so mm. there are, you know, the the people who dump them are to blame. Mm. Right, but at the end of the day, we're just making that situation happen. Yeah, right by sort of making these these uh, suggestions and uh, rules and whatever without properly sort of doing analysis so I think you know I get the point that you know the council needs to save money and I think mm. we need to try and sort of assist where we can in terms of saving every money but you know it's got to be a thought through and and you know it's like it's, it can't be one size uh, fits all right I mean, to me to me it's gonna cause a, a rubbish crisis to be honest because we are recycling as much as we can a rubbish crisis I, I like that okay we, 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 let's get some of our listeners views in right so listeners you, I, I'm, I'm getting some comments and I'm getting some uh, social media messages let's see if we can get some calls too, please okay I have many questions that been if it's collected fortnightly we should see a reduction in our council tax right which is the obvious point the council should offer families of more than five six should get two black bins to keep the rubbish at a minimum the yeah. recycle centers are not nearby and not many people can drive the leaflet state recycled items i.e. clothes should be put in clear bags these should be provided so there's a lot of questions coming out there but let, let, let's come on to the first question which is the financial gap I, I, I empathize with you totally the, the fact that central government funding is being cut and we see that and we see that that's a problem but I'm still paying two thousand pounds plus a council tax and, and, and that's getting and that's increasing every year and at the same time in, in, instead of getting even the standard services that I'm receiving you're telling me my, the service is going to drop further where do you live Luton or Central Beds? Luton, near Sixth Form College. Luton, your council tax is £200 a year less than Central Beds, the other side of Pointers Road. Right. And they're already on fortnightly collection. Right. You're paying less council tax because of the council 
Over the tuna pound more. Well, I, I don't know if I'm paying less, but I, I you, know you, I'm paying, paying it, it goes up every year. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not probably not every fit, band, fit. Every band, and they're already on fortnightly. Yeah. And all the ca- I've got a list of all the councils here. No, which, which is well, fine, but, but the question is, are we, are we likely to see a reduction in the No, you can't. And I've got to answer the one about putting the pound on the council tax. Yeah. be completely illegal, because council tax is capped mm. by the government. Right. So if you put a pound on to spend an extra pound on waste, mm. you would still have to find the savings mm. of another service somewhere else in the council. Mm. You're capped. You, you're not allowed to. I mean, it's like housing rents. We have to put housing rents down 1% a year mm. with no choice. Mm. That's what the government rules are. Right, Tom, but, but let me come <coughs> on to this point. Lack of consultation was the first uh, grievance of yeah. the community. Secondly is the fact that we're not likely to see any reduction in the council tax. Certainly not. No. But we're, we're, we're getting a, a, a less... A, frequent collection yeah. now a genuine concern of, of, of the community members you know i've got a lot of waste i'm trying to recycle i mean what do i do right what you do is as the leaflet says first of all mm. we've uh, got volunteers and we've employed some people with various language skills right those people will go around to anyone like in your position yeah. and advise you on recycling mm. you want extra clear recycling bags they're going to be given to every household in Luton. Mm. They're going to be given out. Mm. And the idea is that we get people to do more recycling so we don't take the stuff to the tip. Mm. We love The more phone calls we get, the more visits we do, we'll love it. Because mm. it means the scheme's actually working and people are considering the recycling. So we employ the people to go around and do that. And we've ensured that they've got various language skills and we've ensured some of them are women only mm. with language skills so every household in the town can get a visit with no concerns and it'll all be about, are you recycling, right? Mm. If you need a bigger bin, if you've got a 120 and you are recycling, right, we will give you a 240 litre bin. It's all in. It's all there. It's is all that down. on request or is that by on request? Yeah. So they have to call the council? And uh, no, there's a web page there and the web page is... Uh, just go to the bottom button on the web page, and everything on the web page can be translated into whatever language you want. What is the web page? Is it the Luton? Uh, uh, Luton one, yeah. The environmental the sort of uh, yeah. health one. You just press the button, it's into every language you want. The call uh, call centre numbers are. Yeah. Extra staff have been employed at the call centre mm-hmm. with language skills to yeah. make sure it goes as smooth as, smooth as we can make it. Right. Let, let, let me play the other side of the argument here, right? Brother Muxus and Brother Zuffer, right? We're producing a lot of waste, a lot of food waste, right? And, and, and you know, even though we, I, as me as a family, you know, I as a family or we as a family are recycling, you know, the fact is that the Fair fact enough, that maybe. now you're going to be collecting every two weeks you know, I've had to reconsider and rethink, OK, how are we going to try to now le- produce less waste? I mean, it's, it's not the best way of doing it by actually scrapping a weekly collection and, and making it into a fortnightly. But it, it's one way to actually force people and force families to actually reconsider the amount of waste we're producing. Is, is, is there some legitimate questions there to be asked from from? Well, I mean, I think, I think that's from, that's a, it's, an, it's basically it's an Islamic principle, really, to mm. try and sort of reduce reduce weight. So it's, mm. it's a positive thing; it's a good mm. thing, right? Mm. Uh, you know, not to overconsume. But I think a lot lot of the waste comes from mm. packaging, mm. right? You've got to get rid of the packaging somewhere, mm. right? And then some of the waste you can't get rid of, right? Because it's dust and it's household stuff, right? That mm. you know you brush up from carpets and all that. Yeah, you've got to get rid of that somehow. Uh, but uh, you know, I think the the uh, you know if if the the input to the cycling discussion right was reduced, i.e. packaging etc., then yeah. I think the output from the cycling dis- might be reduced. But 
you know, at the end of the day, I, I think, I don't know anybody who doesn't, for my families at least anyway, who doesn't recycle mm. and recycle methodically, to be honest, right? Yeah, even yeah. though even though it, it's uh, it's nice to have the bin outside for recycling, yeah. but you know, a lot of the stuff that you sh you basically filter out is actually inside. So you've got to actually have a, a series of bins inside to be able to recycle properly if you wanted to. What, what do you mean inside? Well, well if, if you've got a, uh, normally you've got a bin inside, right? Yeah. Inside your house? Inside, inside your house you normally have one bin inside yeah, yeah, your house yeah, right okay yeah, yeah. so let's say right you want to get rid of your milk cartons or yeah, whatever yeah, 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 right yeah, and they're yeah. going to recycling yes yes well you either have to make a trip outside and drop yes, it there and then yes, yes. or you've got to put it on a shelf you've yeah. got to stick it on a shelf yeah, separately because yeah, okay, okay. you can't chuck in a bin okay, okay I'm with you. so i mean so well, you, you, you made a very good statement do you yeah. know how much food waste we bury in food the ground. Hmm. Just food waste, forget all of that. So, so, so not packaging food waste, genuine just, food just waste? Just genuine food waste. Do you know how much we bury in the ground a year from Luton? Just take to the tip right. and bury it. Have a little guess. Uh, Try three and a half million pounds worth. Wow. So you take that, that's the cost to us. Yeah to burying it in the tip, and I don't know if you went to any of the things the last year's mayor did, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. A.U., because one of his main things of the year was trying to save food waste and everything else right. and do proper cooking exhibitions, the whole lot. Right. And it's amazing just how much food waste that's costing people, we reckon, £9 million a year uh, that are spending extra than they need to spend. Right. I, I, want, I want to come on to food waste <laughs> in a bit, but I, I want to get, bring in Brother Maksud again. <laughs> what are your concerns? You're nodding, you're nodding your head. No, no, and, I, and I've got some comments coming through yeah. WhatsApp too. No, but listen, you know, the... F Already, you know, as Zuff has already mentioned, you know, there's mattresses, there's sofas, yeah, there's yeah. fridges outside. You go down the road, you walk down the road, the drains are already blocked. Mm. So many yeah. drains are already blocked. That's right. That's you know, right. because of rubbish that's been left on, they're blocked already. Water just going straight over, mm. already breaking up some roads. Yeah, Every yeah. road has got broken up sort of thing, yeah? So again, that's going to be another cost that's yeah. going to be coming in. Yeah, yeah. I walked down Warwick Road this morning. Mm. Ten bags of what you call it, uh, carpet uh, cut up, mm. rubbish thrown away. Mm. Just rubbish. Mm. Just imagine that's going to get worse and worse. And the bigger uh, bids. Yeah. You go down Hampton Road, for example. I'll give you an example of Hampton Road. They've got little, little alleys uh, where they take their bins through. Yeah. The big bins won't even go through there. Mm. Mm. So, you know, how, how are you going to manage big bins yeah. so they're going to be left on the road? Because right. these people haven't got gardens yeah, yeah. to start that's, off that's with. That's going to be a big problem. Yeah? So that's another problem that we've got to think about. And waste, I agree, there's a lot of waste. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? But you need to talk to the, you know, you go to down to where you could Tesco's, yeah. you buy a cucumber, it's got plastic covering on it. Why has it got plastic covering on it? Yeah? We need to go back that, to that. That's a bigger question, but a, a genuine concern there, and it's a, it's a valid concern, mm -hmm. you know, filth on the streets, you know, you know, uh, and actually increasing the, the load on the council. Right. And inadvertently, you're going to be ending up paying more money than you actually... Why, do, why do you think we've had so many people fined over the last few months mm. for dumping on the streets? And the fines aren't little, they're big, they're taking a big risk. Mm. But on top of this, I'll announce it now on the radio. We have purchased mm. 12 covert CCTV cameras. Right. What you will not be able to see. Right. And it's to catch people what are doing the dumping. But one of the reasons mattresses get dumped on the streets, mm. when it was a fee uh, collection, yeah. they wouldn't have been picked up fee because the university with student accommodation 
is businessmen doing a lot of it. Yeah. They One of the rules is when the new students come in after September, that's why you get so many in right, July, right, August, right. September, they must have new mattresses. Right, right, right. And clean. So what do the businessmen do? They're taking all the rents. They just take it out of the house, right. dump the old one round the corner, uh, and put the new one in. That, that, and we're caught on doing it. All right, that, that, that's fair enough, Tom. We've only got about three minutes left. I've got more messages coming in. The black bins get full as I have children with nappies, etc. Food waste, okay, etc. Okay, well, I think we've covered that. This would minimise rat infe- infestation in the in the summer months, etc. I think I, I think we've covered that. But yeah. I think I need to make one more point, yeah, right? Which which is we talk about rubbish on the streets, but I've actually seen this personally. Mm. When the bins get full. Right, the guys who actually drag the the bins onto the, uh, and if they fall down, they don't mm. pick them up. Yeah. They just run to the next one, right? So you get, you know, you get more rubbish on the streets right, on collection days, right, on normal oh, days, yeah. because overfi- overfilled bins, right, are, are just basically dumped on the street effectively. You say it's a, it's, a, it's a, the biggest challenge the council's got, and it is a massive challenge because yeah. what I was talking to someone today, Badly Well Mosque, but had his daughter with him, mm. and I said. And he's talk, just we're talking about the bins and what we're doing. Mm. He said, "Why are you doing it, Tom?" And I pointed his daughter. Mm. So they give up on you. Mm. They're the kids we're going to try and educate mm. now. Mm. We need to get the money to give them a decent education. We can't have both. We cannot have both. All right, we, we, we've got a we've got a caller uh, who wants to make a, 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 his views uh, on it. Is, is it a brother Sarwaz? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, yes, thank you, brother. Uh, you're on Friday Night Live. Jazakallah here for, for calling. Know, what, do, what would you like to say? Uh, well, uh, nothing much. Just, uh, uh, I know you were rushing out, you know, ending out your time. Uh, just a quick comment. Uh, I don't know what this uh, idea came from, uh, the, uh, collecting the uh, household uh, black bean, you know, the wasted food wasted in, in every fortnightly. Uh, because uh, uh, in my, my concern is next next summer, um, uh, you know, uh, when they will collect in every fortnight uh, from the household wasters, general wasters, the black bean, there will be flies, maggots, stinks, yes, yes. smells, everything. So Luton will be a uh, like like a dump city, yes, dump, yes. dump town. Yes. So I, I don't, I'm not agree with this this kind of uh, decision. Yes. And I think council should uh, uh, reverse this decision. Thank, thank, thank you very, uh, thank, thank, you, you, thank you very much, brother Sarwaz. Uh, again, lack of consultation there. Okay, you know, in terms of the the, the, the problems that we're likely to see in, in the summer months as the rubbish piles up. I think they all, all genuine. Oh. The people what saying you see these problems. Yeah. The town's not too different from Luton. Yeah. yeah. Blackburn. Yeah. yeah. Fortnightly been collection. Right. Been there a number All of right. years. Unfortunately, but, we're, we're, we're running out of time. We're about to go into a commercial break. There are other towns that are doing a fortnightly collection. Full list of them. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I agree. I've seen it on, 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 on the website. Yeah. Uh, okay, but that's what it is. And, and when is it happening very quickly? From all, all October, is it? October the 2nd. October the 2nd. So it's going to switch to fortnightly uh, collections of the black dustbin. So, uh, listeners, you, you, I, I think you need to you know revisit in terms of recycling strategy, food waste. I think they're genuine questions that we need to ask ourselves as families, as uh, you know, uh, as a community, how we can reduce that. But nevertheless, if you've got concerns, if you're not happy with it, get in touch with the council. We have unfortunately run out of time. So we're going to go into a commercial break. Thank you very much, Tom, for, for joining us, Brother Maksus, for joining us and this discussing this and for all of the listeners when we come back we're going to be discussing a slightly different topic uh when we come back in a couple of minutes don't go away until then
Inspire FM on 105.1 FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Friday Night Live on this Friday, the 14th of September, with me, Hafi Shaban, and brother Zafar here in the studios. Uh, been a jam packed show as usual. Uh, just to finish on, on the back end of that discussion, great to have some callers. Uh, some listeners calling plenty of messages coming via social media on the dustbins and the fortnight the weekly to the fortnightly collections I thought that's going to get a, generate a lot of local interest don't let that go away you get your views and your thoughts across to the council speak to them call them right into them I'm, I'm still getting messages through social media on that subject matter unfortunately Mr. Tom has now left the studios but you know as I said feed that back to the council right you're paying your council tax you need to get your thoughts to the council with regards to the dustbin collection on a fortnightly basis from october but anyway inshallah we now moved on to the final part of the show and we're going to be discussing a slightly different subject matter from what we've been discussing uh today and we're actually going to be discussing cancer right so it's not a very uh uh, it's not a kind of topic that you, you know, a lot of a lot of us like to discuss because of you know what is associated with cancer. It's not it's not a new, uh, you know good news whenever someone is you know informed with regards to uh, them being diagnosed with cancer or there's someone in in the family member suffering from cancer. And we know it's, it can be a very you know a depressive you know a situation and, and a circumstance when when you know be, being advised with with regards to that. But anyway, uh, it is uh, gynecologic gynecologic Ecologic Cancer Awareness Month. I hope I've actually said that uh, correctly, but I've got some experts in the studio who are going to correct me if I haven't said that correctly. Uh, so it's Cancer Awareness Month, right? So there's an initiative that why don't we actually raise this as a discussion uh, on uh, on Inspire FM, right? So let's, let's raise that as, uh, as a discussion point, get some awareness with regards to this particular type of cancer. I mean, you know, I've, I, I'm, not a, I'm not an expert when it comes to science, not an expert but when it comes to cancer, and, uh, but there just seems to be so many variety of cancers and it's a menace, which I don't think we've quite got on top of in terms of a, a cure for this particular uh, disease and, and, and this illness. But anyway, I've, I've got a, a couple of experts in the studio who hopefully are going to be able to speak a lot more sense than I'm speaking with regards to cancer, right? So let me introduce to you uh, my guests in the studio. We've got... Uh, bro- brother Gilker Ashfaq, who's a Lydia Senior Clinical Analyst at Guys and St. Thomas's NHS Trust. Uh, welcome to Friday Night Live. Assalamu alaikum. And we've also got uh, Brother Habib Mansoor in the studio also. Okay, you're not going to be speaking. Okay, fine. Okay, we've, we've just got Brother Gilker Ashfaq. So, uh, uh, welcome to the studio. Welcome to Friday Night Live. Why don't, you, why, why don't we start off by actually g- g- giving our, our, our listeners uh, uh, a bit of a briefing in terms of what is it? Uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying the word right, but is it gynecolog- gynecological? Gynecological. <laughs> gynecological cancer. cancers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you know, uh, obviously educate myself and educate my uh, our listeners. No problem. So, welcome uh, to the listeners. Um, this is just to raise awareness of, uh, particularly within this particular month, yeah. um, with it being um, ovarian cancer awareness right. month, um, the um, prevalence of gynecological cancers and their um, uh, potential treatments, mm. um, diagnosis, etc. So mm. ovarian cancer, just move forward, ovarian cancers um, prevalence approximately 7,500 cases per year, right. um, mainly elderly patients. Right. Um, 4% of all new cancer cases um, 
our ovarian cancer. And elderly, does that, does that mean that the younger generation it, 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 uh, don't no, need it, to be too worried about no, it occurs in, cancer? No, it or? occurs in younger generation as well, it and does. we're going to touch upon that. Okay. We have cases. Okay. Of, yeah. So um, standard regimen of treatment currently on the NHS is standard chemotherapy mm. cycles and sometimes um, hormonal therapy as an adjunct and these are as per nice guidelines right. um, recent evidence however highlights the success of immunotherapy which is a more novel um, treatment um, what, what these was that again? Immunotherapy. immunotherapy yeah so these these are usually only available privately because these are these are still at the experimental stage right. so um, immunotherapy basically stimulates the human immune system right. um, and uh, to recognize and um, destroy cancer cells mm. so um, it's it's a it's a novel form of treatment and it's 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 being researched and there's clinical trials ongoing right. um, so the use of um, immunotherapy in gynecological mi uh, malignancies is still in its early stages, as I said. Um, so the key to successful treatment um, involves identifying a subgroup of pa patients. So when you have clinical trials, you have to identify the subgroup of patients that will benefit from that particular um, immunotherapy uh, treatment. Right. So clinical studies... Um, can combine immunotherapy with standard treatment options like um, chemotherapy um, or hormonal treatments right. and um, I believe immunotherapy to be um, to be basically the future of cancer treatment um, I think that's that's where that's where um, patients can benefit most right. from novel treatment right okay I, I think we've, we've done a deep dive into into, in, into into the cancer already but but I mean when we say uh, gynecological cancer, Gyne gynecological gynecological mm. cancer right I'm, I'm just gonna say GCAM <laughs> that's what it tells that's me right. awareness one which is great that that's better for me right mm -hmm. so I, I mean this is this is primarily we're talking about cancer uh, within the ladies is that is, is correct that, is that correct so gynecological Ecological is things yeah. like cervical, yeah, um, exactly. endometrial, yeah. ovarian. ovarian. You got it. You got yeah, it. And, and, so and that's so forth, right? Yeah. So just so, so that it, it's that's, clear, right? That's right. Uh, and in, in terms of whether it's this cancer or other forms of cancer, I mean, in, in terms of real uh, cure for, for cancer, we're still. How far are we from? from okay, good question. Where, right, where there's there's a, there's no definitive cure for cancer mm. as such. Mm. So we. There, there are novel treatments out there, mm -hmm. but there's no magic bullet or golden pill mm -hmm. that can cure all cancers. Mm -hmm. um, so but, we but just go with the best that we have, which yeah. is at the moment, yeah. which is immuno immunotherapy. Yeah. Um, that that's um, things like uh, autologous um, yeah. cancer vaccines yeah, yeah. would comprise immunotherapy. Yeah. So these are the these are the best that we have currently. Let's come on to those. But but let me ask you. So you, I, I, I'm going to ask you a lot of uh, you know, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah. dummies guide to you know cancer kind of questions mm -hmm. because because that 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 gives you my, my my background to be honest with you. And I know you're a lead senior clinical analyst. I've right? done so, I've done so, I've done cancer research. Right, previously, so, and I'm now especially. Yeah. So, so I mean, all the different types of cancers that, that, that mm. are out there, right? Many I mean, types. So many of them. And like mm. I said, I mean, you, you get lost in terms of how many <coughs> forms of cancer are there. Yes. You know, underlying them is is it is it the same? Is it cancer is cancer irrespective of where the cancer is? Is is that is that true or is it, do they actually vary? Can, cancer is basically or it's, it's abnormal cell growth, so it's healthy right. cells which have gone abnormal. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a genetic basis to cancers, yeah. but there's also things like environmental um, uh, factors that can cause cancers as well. So, so, so repeat that earlier part. That you said say you what is cancer? 
Sorry, um, it's an uh, abnormality in the in the cell growth. So it's abnormal cell growth. Right, um, right. So healthy cells which which grow um, right. aberrantly or abnormally, yeah. but the cause of that can be genetic, can be environmental, can be mm-hmm. things like just smoking causes lung. Uh, you know, yeah, it's linked yeah, to lung yeah, cancer sure. as we yeah. know. Yeah. So um, yeah. Okay. All right. So I, I was just going to say, but um, uh, it, it sounds as though um, you know, if it's an abnormal mm. growth of cells, basically. Mm. Um, and, and and what my mind goes to is perhaps you know there's some facial yeah. growth or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the question is, so what? I mean, why? And the, 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 the rationale for asking that question is that mm. sometimes people can go months right without, um, you know, without feeling any symptoms of the cancer, mm. right? And right. then when they find out, yes, right, and rapidly, that's it. You know, it's like they rapidly sort of get to that cycle and die quickly. They do. Uh, you can quickly. you can have a rapid decline. Yeah, that's why it's important to spot the early symptoms mm. as rapidly as possible and get it di- diagnosed. So the point I was trying to make is, is mm. maybe, maybe it's the treatment that accelerates the d- decline rather than... So if people didn't know yes. about it and they just carried on yeah, regardless. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you're saying the treatment in terms of chemo- chemotherapy, the chemotherapy and that, yeah. that can have detrimental effect because yes, it's very yes. cytotoxic, yeah. as we know. So... Um, you're right. It's like a double-edged sword. So you're trying to help the the condition, but you're also you're destroying the healthy so cells. So many people I know right, who basically their immune system is completely destroyed by chemotherapy. Yes. And they die of of, of infections. Correct. And that's right. that's where immunotherapy comes in as a savior because right. it has very few side effects. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not cytotoxic as uh, chemotherapy, and uh, and it's and it has positive effects against the cancer cells as well. But it's so not it's, it's not available in the NHS yet. Um, it's it's. Um, not available for certain subgroups of cancers, which I mentioned earlier. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's that's. It. So, so I think t- today we're, we're going to talk about a special case. Sister, yeah, right? we are going to be speaking to a sister shortly. I think we're going to be. Uh, are, are you campaigning on behalf of? of we are. Uh, me and some friends, Habib Mansour here, and others um, uh, formed a small team, mm-hmm. and we are actually um, in the process of fundraising for for Shazia. So, what's the case in, in question? Right, Shazia. Um, is a um, 43-year-old um, lady who has a five-year-old daughter. She has been diagnosed um, in 2000, 2015 with um, stage 4 ovarian cancer. Right. So, so that's end-stage ovarian cancer. Right, and you said you you you're raising awareness or, or fundraising? We're, all, we're raising awareness as well as fundraising. Mm-hmm. Correct, both to 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 give her the immuno immunotherapy immunotherapy. Correct, right, correct. Okay. Yes, uh, and then her case hasn't warranted the NHS from making an exception. Not for immunotherapy, not in her particular ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. But, but, but do they make an exception for that depending on where, where, where it's actually picked up or, or diagnosed? Or, or no, her particular diagnosis of that, that ovarian cancer is not, there's no um, clinical trial available on the NHS to cater for immunotherapy for her, which is why she's going private. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what sort of summons are we looking at then? What's uh, good question. Um, so what's what's the target? Uh, we, and how much will it cost? And is it a repeat? Is it a repeat cost? Basically? Right. So roughly, um, I would say because she's going to have a fifth cycle of immunotherapy, if we include the cost of that and uh, possibility of um, surgery in the near future, um, or privately. So we're looking at uh, 100 to 120,000 pounds that we have to raise further. Right, and, and no portion of that could be done on the NHS then? Um, well, so no. Ke- ke- uh, the, yes. uh, chemotherapy yes. is available she, in the NHS. She's already had that. Had that. That's, the op- that's not operations are available in the NHS, right? right. Not, 
True, they are. Right, and, and then it's her, the amino. Okay. Yeah, on. because she's she has to have the immunothera- complete the immunotherapy course first, first before, before we can even assess whether right. she is legible for um, uh, legible for surgery. Right. So um, the minute you step outside the NHS, then that's it. You're on your own. Then correct. I, I've come across that before situation before that. that Indeed. You either you in, the, it, in the in the NHS you, or you're outside, and, and nobody takes the. I guess is that. Uh, but in in her particular case, it's uh, it, it it was more a case of there wasn't anything available in the NHS sure. immunotherapy wise, so she had to go private. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I had, uh, you're discussing the therapy and the cost. Uh, yes. Great. I, I had a question, Gilgar. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and that was with regards to all right. You know, it's of uh, the certain types of cancer, mm. of course, that you know awareness is raised so that, for example, breast cancer, that ladies yes. can go and get themselves screened. Yes. And so, you know, there's proactive steps that you can take. On Absolutely. Particular signs, right? Yes. Uh, okay, and, and there's the same with, with regards to prostate cancer. That you know, there's Correct. recently a lot of been you know initiatives to, to Indeed. make the you know yeah. people populace more aware of that. Right? Absolutely. But when we're talking about this particular type of cancer, yes. GCA, I'm gonna say. Yeah, let's right? say ovarian. Let's say ovarian. Ovarian yeah. cancer, right? Yeah. I, I mean, well, when we say we're raising awareness, what are we trying to you know just awareness with regards to the cancer itself, or the forms, or the fact that you know women need to be more proactive, more alert? Are there signs that they? Can Look out for Absolutely, other, uh, yes. What, what, and what, what, what's the message to our community? Sure, that's what I'm going to touch on now. So right. we've uh, nicely led to that. So uh, obviously, um, women have to look for the signs that, that can indicate ovarian cancer. So those would be things like abdominal bloating, indigestion. So make a note, listeners. Um, let's, no, let's say that slowly. Okay, so if you, if you experience any abdominal bloating, indigestion, nausea, loss of appetite, pressure in the lower back, um, pelvis area, um, increased frequency of urination, going to the toilet a lot, constipation, um, tiredness, or changes in menstruation cycle, then these are uh, kind of... Uh, indicators or signs, symptoms mm. of um, possible ovarian cancer. Mm. So if those are experienced, then I would definitely go to the GP and ask to have um, tests done. Mm. So the diagnosis would be based on a pelvic exam, which the clinician would do, the doctor, mm. um, and a transvaginal uh, ultrasound mm. uh, and a CA125 blood test. Now that's a protein which has elevated or increased levels mm. yeah, as an indicator of, of, of um, ovarian cancer. And, and, so, and there's some screen, is, is that the same as the screening? or is that That's the screen. screen. C- CA125 yeah. test is the All test right. you have to have blood test yeah. and that indicates if it's increased that there might be might be ovarian cancer. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So I would advise the listeners that if they are experiencing those um, those symptoms, that yeah. to get that checked. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's a subject matter. I mean, when initially you know the brothers, the producer told me that okay, we're going to be discussing this, and I thought, wait, this is yeah. a bit of a taboo or a, or a sensitive subject. But Alhamdulillah, through these kind of initiatives, they are being discussed now mm. in our community. Right. There's, there's not a topic that they, they like to discuss. Right, in sh- but, but but there are things that they need to be aware of, right? Absolutely. Our, our mothers, our sisters, you got our it. family members. You know, they they need to start looking at this in a, in yeah. a more kind of a educational culture. Absolutely, and I think in the as you as you put it in the Asian community, there is a stigma associated yeah. with yeah. gynecological cancers. There's mm. p- women are reluctant to talk yeah, about it. Other forms of cancer. Yeah, right? and we, yeah. there shouldn't be that. I think mm. that we have to. We're living in modern age now, and we have to be quite open about these things. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we have, I think, got uh, Sister Shazi on 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 the on the phone now. Uh, Sister Shazi, can, can you can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. 
Again. Yeah, so Assalamualaikum, Sister Shazia, and and welcome to Friday Night Live. Jazakallah for for, for joining us, uh, joining us on 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 the on on the show. Uh, of course, Walaikum I mean, uh, uh, and and uh, shukran, thank you to you for um for creating this awareness around my case. Thank you very much. No, no, no. Uh, brother Gilk has just been filling us in in terms of your case. He's given us a bit of background. Uh, understandably, you know, you know, it's a. Uh, it's a very challenging time for you as an individual. You know, do you, do you want to share, you know, some aspects of your case with with our listeners? Maybe aspects that you feel are relevant, and also the aspects that from from which our community can potentially actually also learn uh, and take away some lessons from from that from a general perspective. Yes, yes, I think there have been, um, despite it being a very trying and challenging time, there have been many gifts and many lessons and. Uh, I come from a very different professional background right. and I think the whole situation has made me so much more um, medically aware. Right. Um, I've also had the opportunity to do a lot of research into health and the causes of cancer and, and all the different types of treatments um, that are available which one could do alongside conventional therapy as well. So it's been quite a steep learning curve, I think, for me. Right. Um, and inshallah, I do hope that someday I am able to share that mm-hmm. um, specifically with, with our community, I think. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, have you have you been uh, you, you've been diagnosed for, for is it a while, is it, or was it recently? Yes, well, I was diagnosed uh, approximately just a over three years ago, right, right. Um, I was quite young at the time, and it was quite um, unusual to all the doctors, actually. No. Um, you know, for such a young person. Right. But right. it is becoming so much more prevalent hmm. amongst young people, and I think that's why we need to create a better awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. No, no, no. I appreciate that, and that—that's what we were discussing earlier with uh, Brother Gilker with regards to: is it—is it something that affects just the, the elderly from from our community, or is it also the younger generation? And you quite, yes. you know, poignantly just uh, just addressed that subject. Uh, and and with regards to, of course, uh, Brother Gilker was telling us with regards to the treatment. You've gone through the standard treatment, which is obviously the chemotherapy and, and so on and so forth. But that hasn't quite. Uh, what's been the the response to chemotherapy? Um, you know, ke- chemotherapy is such an ancient form of therapy, right. um, and for certain types of cancers, it can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, it isn't very successful. Right. Um, and I think that this is where, unfortunately, in the UK, we we are lagging behind the rest of the world. Mm. Um, you know, where there's a lot more research going into other things, mm. um, and we always typically are always five to ten years behind that, Mm. Um, you know, which is is, um, something I think to be aware of so that people, I find that a lot more people are looking around and traveling abroad uh, for different treatments, you know. No, no, certainly. I've heard of a lot of stories where people are actually genuinely traveling abroad. And as you say, we seem to be a couple of years behind. I mean, if I can ask you actually this question, I mean, you know, God forbid, you know, someone is diagnosed with with cancer. I mean, 
is is that the is that something that you based upon your research individual research you've obviously had an experience too but you've also done your research i mean chemotherapy is is that the the, the best route to go down you know even though that's what's you know put on the table immediately from you know the clinic clinics and, and from the hospitals is, is that the best way or is it genuinely to go out there and look for the alternative at an I early stage that is in my in my opinion mm. um Chemotherapy is rather a financial and political issue, I think. Right. Um, there's a huge sum of money to be made from giving it to patients. And to be honest, it rarely works. There's few types of cancers that it can be successful against. Right, right, In general, right. it simply weakens a person over yes. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it obviously causes recurrences as well, so it's yeah. not... It has never been historically a very successful treatment. Right. Um, my experience has been that in other countries, what appears to be a better approach is um, combinations of small amounts, less aggressive amounts of chemotherapy right. combined with combinations of different types of treatment, including a lot more holistic treatment, um, you know, where... Um, what we know about cancer now is so much more advanced yeah. in the past. And uh, we know that you can uh, epigenetically reset a person's DNA. And, and that's really where the focus ought to be, is, is, is looking at the root cause of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I, mean, I mean, when you say holistically, right, you know, Brother Gilker was was referring to immunotherapy, right? And you're saying it's it's a mixture of chemotherapy, lighter form, not an aggressive form in terms of other other countries around, around the world, plus other uh, other therapies. Are you referring to immunotherapy or is, is there... Immuno- yeah, well, there's other holistic th- therapies as well that mm. have been proven to... Um, to have you know very very good results alongside everything. Immunotherapy is um, much of a conventional type. But they're, they're different kinds, mm. uh, but the latest, most recent drugs on the market are, are pretty standard conventional. And because they're very new drugs, um, they come with a huge price tag, of course. Mm. Um, so yes, immunotherapy is a new form of looking at it. Because what you're doing with immunotherapy is you're training your immune system innately to mm. deal with the cancer, uh, which is intellectually uh, a much better way to go um, mm. as opposed to just trying to kill cells cytotoxically without any, um, you know, whether you're killing healthy cells or cancer cells. But that's what happens with chemotherapy. Yeah. So immunotherapy is, is a newer version of it. It is it is a lot more successful but right. um but 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 you know there's also uh, they they they're finding lots of different things about it so they don't know why it works better for some people right right so as long as it it's suffer uh so I, I guess part of the, the, the purpose of having the program today is, is to showcase and highlight your plight, really, mm. uh, yeah. your situation. So I think w- w- what are you looking for in particular, uh, from, I guess, from the listeners of Inspire FM, how they can sort of uh, assist and how they can sort of support you in, in your uh, situation, really? Yes. Um, well, currently, um, you know, the main support that I really do need are financial donations. I'm uh, I'm currently having to fund... Uh, the treatment through donations, right. mm-hmm. uh, and so that is 
how can how can they support the, the, so how, how, can, how can they support the financial uh, so, so which particular treatment uh, are you uh, are you having and and I guess the obvious question right that people will have on their mind is why is that not uh, on the NHS um, it simply isn't available in the country yet mm-hmm. um, also the NHS what, what happens is there's a body called nice nice yeah and I and and they control which drugs become available for which types of cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And so unless they approve it for a particular one, you won't be able to access it mm. on the chest. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not the first person who's had to pay for immunotherapy. Um, I know of a brother who's been very successful with it, but he had to raise over 185000 for it as well. Um, so uh, at the moment, that that is what creates a kind of access block to it. It's, if, if they only approve it for certain types of cancer, that's mm. the only time that you would get it. And um, right, we're, we're, so, we're about to go into a, 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 come to the end of yeah, the show. So, so I think, I think quick, quickly, okay. how how can people help? How can how they can sort of support you? Okay. Is it sorry? So um, you can make donations to um, if you access the following um, website on the on the internet: www.gofundme.com forward slash shazia that's with double a s h a a z i a so that's www.gofundme.com forward slash shazia and they can um they can um actually uh donate uh via that via that link okay. yeah yeah all right great uh, uh sister shazia we are unfortunately coming towards the end of the show now we've literally got the last 30 40 seconds uh, so, uh, Jazakallah Her for, for you know, taking the time to share your story with our listeners. I, I know it's, it's not easy. Uh, and we, can, we make dua for you, inshallah. Ta'ala. And we also ask our listeners to go to gofundme.com forward slash shazia. And anyone who wants to write into the, to the studio, then we can, we can make that information available. So, Jazakallah Her for, for joining us this evening, uh, Sister Shazia. And we make dua for you, inshallah, too. Thank you. Jazakallah Khair for highlighting my plea. Thank you very, very well, much. You're I welcome. Appreciate it. Uh, bro- brother uh, Gilkar, Jazakallah Khair also for, for joining us in the studio. Jazakallah Khair for your, for your time, but unfortunately we, we have run out of time. No problem. Assalamualaikum. And, and listeners, that was Friday Night Live. Uh, and, and do get in touch if you want more information about that. But until next week, Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum.